Hello and welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast. Yes, that one, where we watch the movies. We watch a whole series of them. We say, these movies, is they good? Is they bad? Does they make it all fun? Does it make you feel like lying down for a long time? And and listener, we done did it. We really uh we really led you astray. We uh So Josh We did We did a bad. Here I like I know we had to pivot. We were we were gonna do Saw. And I was like, hey, I know we can't do Saw anymore, but maybe we could do another horror maybe we could do two horror franchises, you know, we could do a four and a five. Oh, we had so much cool shit we could have done. You're like, what about I know we just came out of a high school universe. What about American Pie? In my defense, I thought it would be fun. I didn't think it would leave me feeling hollow inside and like I had just done something to myself I could never undo. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think sort of like how before you said I should, my my, my adult brain should have realized that there was literally going to be a naked mile. I think you should at this point realize that any comedy series made between the years of 2003 and 2011 are going to be wretched. I deserve every ounce that you have for me this week because, uh, listener, we have made it to unimaginably the sixth movie in the American Pie franchise. We are, of course, in the doldrums of the direct-to-video era, 2007's American Pie presents Colin Beta House, and we did a bad thing. And well, we didn't do thing- a bad thing. We didn't do the bad. I want to make that very clear. We're doing the fucking God's work. I feel like, uh, unfortunately... We're going to have to talk about Jim's dad a lot this episode. Because I'm not really sure what happened. But before, we were calling him the fucking new friendly God. The God that I would bow down and, and wipe the feet. Whatever you do. What do you do with a God? I sort of, I don't know. I lost, I, I was in Sunday school. Well, often you're you're blinded by the awe and glory of a God. Oh, right. Squint against Frequently the Frequently you, you kneel. You kneel so that, because you can't behold the presence of God. It's just such a... You know, but that's the old it, guy. Like, let me explain. In, a, in American Pie talk, yeah, when any woman walks by, <laughs> the complete paralysis and of uh, that that the, the young men of this movie franchise experience is similar to the presence of omnipotent deity. Yeah, but I realized while we we're even talking about that, that's an old god thing. Like the old gods, the cruel gods, the gods that have no caring for their people. They want that. That's why they became the god in the first place. Jim's dad as the god? I want to have an awkward conversation about come standing in my bedroom with that god. That's the kind of god that we're talking about. Well, it's funny you should talk about this because, well, I found this movie to be in every way on par with the absolute worst experiences I've ever had with anything ever. And in the cinematic realm, I would say this is as close to the love guru as we've gotten in terms of, oh, it is an unending hate crime with no moment of relief. Almost everything is worse than the things a moment ago. It is terrible. I do not wish to spend too much time discussing the movie because it is a very, very bad thing. The men of Beta House should be killed like the dogs that they are. We must burn it to the ground and salt the ashes that it may never grow again on God's green earth. But it's funny you should talk so much about God. I was thinking, how could I save this experience to bring something edifying into the world out of the wreckage, the the, the moral destitution of American Pie Presents colon Beta House? So I've chosen to pursue it 
as evidence that there is no God, which I find will answer a lot of questions for people and thus be of value. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I I think it it really depends on the God that we're after here, because I think this might prove the existence of an Old Testament God or a Lovecraftian God that we brought up last week. Well, no, this specifically is a rejection of the Christian God, which is something that I am very interested in. Okay. So I was on North American Mission Board dot net nam dot net which by the way uh treacherously close to nambla i just want to say you're two letters off namb yeah that's a bad just get rid of the a what does it stand for again north american uh north american mission board yeah how about the mission board of north america that's much better yeah mbna yeah and you're avoiding the nambla thing entirely that way okay so um so it's it's called the moral argument for God's existence. And again, just to be clear, I think American Pie Presents Colin Beta House disproves the existence of both morality and God, which is, I think, again, helpful for our listeners. OK, so it's not unusual to hear atheists can be good without God. Um, atheist Ma- Michael Martin states that, that these- theists give the same reasons as atheists for condemning rape. It violates the victim's rights, damages society. What Martin really means is that atheists can be good without believing in God, but they would not be good, have intrinsic worth, moral responsibility without God. Indeed, nothing would exist without him. That is, because humans are made in God's image, they can know what is good even if they do not believe in God. Atheists and theists can affirm the same values, but theists can ground belief in human rights and dignity because we are all made in the image of a supremely valuable being. Now, here's the important part. Wait, wait, wait. How much, how much is this being worth here? What are we talking? Well, no, no, no. We're going to get to that, okay? Okay. Just, okay. Ju- it continues. Just think about it. Intrinsically valuable thinking persons do not come from impersonal, non-conscious, unguided, valueless processes over time. A personal, self-aware, purposeful, good God provides the natural, necessary context for the existence of valuable, rights-bearing, morally responsible human persons. That is, personhood and morality are necessarily connected. Moral values are rooted in personhood. Without God, a personal being, no persons and thus no moral values would exist at all. No personhood, no moral values. Only if God exists can moral properties be realized. This is... I, I I made a promise to my dad that I wouldn't make fun of him on the podcast, but this type of logic is exactly the same kind of shit a Republican old man uses. Like, where are they coming up with this? What is What logic brought them here? What evidence got them to this? My dad shares me all these videos from, like, propagandistic losers that have, like, a series of facts that don't exist and then use that for an entire article's worth of evidence. Well, this one actually gets better. Um, this takes a turn. You'll notice the turn. If human beings are simply the product of naturalistic evolution, then we have no foundation for moral obligation and human dignity. This could easily undermine moral motivation. The sexual predator and cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer acknowledged the seriousness of the matter. Quote, if it all happens naturalistically, what's the need for a god? Can't I set my own rules? Who owns me? I own myself. Honestly, Jeff... I don't agree with everything Jeffrey Dahmer did. I think that's that's an interesting question. The point I'm trying to make is this. The moralistic God that this Christian body purports to be the basis of all human value clearly, obviously, cannot exist in the same world as American Pie Presents colon Beta House, a movie so depraved, objectively evil, and devoid of any moral basis that it is in a way a vacuum where all of the good intentions and, you know, the hagiography of the Christ itself is sucked into this nothingness that is American Pie Presents colon Beta House. 
Christianity has found its logical conclusion, and it was in 2007's American Pie Presents colon Beta House. But I think the genius of the Christian faith is that it also created the devil, so that it has this loophole. So anytime uh, a 2007's American Pie Presents colon Beta House exists, comes into formation, this further incites the Christian to believe even more in their God, because not only does it prove the existence of God, it proves that there is an absence, like there is the absence of God is the devil, and it is creating work that is attempting to sway young frat boys away from the true message and towards a hubba da hubba da hubba. A shup, a shup, a brrr, a boobies. So I, I think this, I mean, again, to use the Republican logic, like you, you have this series of non facts, and I could do whatever the fuck I want with it. You know, I could say, oh, there are three instances of a PSP showing on screen that shows the Trinity. That means that God was, even though this is a, a God-less movie, he shows his face in the three instances of their use of the PSP so that I know that that represents the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And, of course, we can imagine if God had a PSP, he'd use it to track down co-eds. Yeah, he would, he would use it to track down co-eds. He would use it to... Fuck, I forgot the second one. What else did they use? There's the very sad attempt at humor where the guy that keeps blacking out and adopts a a son who happens to have a PSP. Yeah, I'd rather not, again, get into the details of this movie, which we're going to donate. We're making a donation to... Uh, what's the group? Rain, uh, Rain you said, no, right? Yeah, Rain. We're going to donate to... Uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. Come on, please don't humiliate me now. That's all right. I'll just cut this all out, Josh. It'll, it'll be seamless. No, leave it in. Yes, the the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network we're going to make a donation to because platforming this movie in any way is a crime. It is bad. I feel bad that we're talking about it. I would like to talk about almost anything else like the existence of God. Um, Well, I I mean, it brought up questions for me. Please, I'd love to get into this. Uh, If a son that you didn't, like an an adoptee, that you could have came with a PSP, would you adopt the son? Are you asking if uh, a child having a PSP would sway my desire to adopt that child? Right. I was just trying to get into the mindset of a, what was his name? Lewis? Son Lee, I think. No, no, no. no, Sorry. The, the, the guy. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Who cares? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just was trying to get into that. He's one of the swine of Beta House. One of the pig men who must be ended. This movie is so corrupted that it has fully corrupted if we're going to talk about anything in this movie, we have to talk about Jim's dad because not even Jim's dad survived this one. No, almost everything this movie touches uh, is rendered into the ash of shit. Like it's less than shit. It's like the pale reflection of the shit that once was. It's really, really bad. I mean, so it starts out, we talked about last week, we knew the series was getting bad. It was because Eric's dad is a monster. Uh, uh, and yes. what do they again decide oh, to open with? More monstrosity from... The dad. And I guess I just don't... This Their attempts at humor are so nothing. Like So that joke was... First, it didn't start with a joke. He just like a, abuses or costs some, some college students. And then the real joke of that is that he has a list of women he's fucked. Okay, just to be clear, Shooter McGavin is like, let me show you how I got women. And then literally just asks to teenagers if they'll have sex with his son and because every single woman in this movie is a absolutely 
nothing like a beyond like a sliver of a fantasy of a whisper of a personality who pretty much just chuckle off repeatedly constant like when people talk about rape culture which is a concept that got a lot of airtime for a while and then has kind of dithered away into our the the, the buzzing hornet's nest of public discourse in the 21st century but like when people talk about what things set a tone for casually dehumanizing people like this is like the textbook yeah a two, it's 2007. We're getting to the end of the Bush years. The American empire is sprawled out into two disastrous wars. You know, nothing – everything in this country is just this like horrible, you know, pornographic manifestation of dying imperial dreams. And this movie just feels like the most nightmarish depiction. It's like a Paul Verhoeven movie in so many ways. Like, right, but without anyone knowing what they were making. Right, it's like an, without irony or commentary, it depicts an absolute nightmare of modern life. Yeah, like without them even realizing it. So, like, this is the whitest movie you can see, and then suddenly it gets to like the geek house, and it's just like fucking like they are. It's just like the most stereotypical bullshit. It is. It, it the, if there's one good thing out of this, it's to see how recently culture had no problem just doing this shit. Well, okay, people talk about, like, the war and intellectualism during that period of time in American culture. And in this movie, again, like, the boorish dog people of Beta House are like, oh, the multi-ethnic geeks are the worst. They're so terrible. They want to shut down our, like, you know, compl- like, nightmarish rape cult of alcoholism and debauchery. How dare they? And we're supposed to be like, no, we must preserve Beta House. And it's kind of like people who, like, make you say the national, like, the Pledge of Allegiance where you're like, I don't have to say it. I, it's stupid. Like this. Like I don't need to. Like I am American by virtue of you know my birth, where I live, where I pay taxes. That is the cross that I bear. I don't need to additionally fight for anything beyond that basic lived reality. That's psychotic. Like that level. Like you don't need to enter some sort of you know ideological project just because you happen to be from somewhere. And this movie is the exact same thing where, like, Eric Stifler's like, well, I'm in Beta House. I guess I have to commit to every fucking, like, dog shit awful tradition that this nightmare hellhole propagates. It's, it's oh, God. You know, how, you know how you can tell, though, Josh, that this was, like, a good frat house? is because rather than it be a series of hazing that's cruel and unusual to the participants of the ritual, no, this is a much more... Hmm. Updated, you know, 21st century hazing where the people trying to get into the frat just make everyone else's lives miserable. And then again, I can't get over the fact that everyone is in misery at their behavior except for the women that they treat like dog shit who just find it charming. Yeah. And this is why I think this movie is worse than The Love Guru because The Love Guru... I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I'm never going to watch it again. I haven't seen it in however long it's been. But I feel like there was at least one female character that actually was like a character. This, every single female character is nothing more than a prop, is nothing more than boobs. And even like the uh, the the woman that Eric fucking, whatever his name, Eric, right? Eric, Eric Stifler. Yeah. Uh, even the woman that he's like, wants to date which is the laziest plot so far in any of these movies is nothing more than a fucking prop so like i've liked before how even in the other like even in the last one there was like his girlfriend was a character 
and she had things to do and things to overcome, even though they sucked and were boring. Here, there's it's a wasteland. Okay, but hold on. Additionally, I'm happy you brought up poor Tracy because in the yes. horrific nightmare exposition in this shit ass awful movie in the beginning, delivered by Shooter McGavin, who plays the like rapiest piece of dog shit dad of all time, they throw Tracy completely under the bus for no reason other than narrative convenience and say, "Well, your dumbass ex girlfriend Tracy ran off with that piece of shit Trent, like the guy that who she didn't like." Her friends like tried to bully her into having. A vaguely consensual sex without a party to lose her virginity. They're like, never mind. Fuck Tracy. She's a piece of shit whore. We hate her now. And yeah. like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, you don't need to, like, just dunking on women. Look, I like plenty of things that are problematic. We, I'm, sh- I'm certain <laughs> there are ample examples of, like, why even the sweethearted first three movies in American Pie, and we've gotten, we've, we've discussed this greatly. There's a lot of reasons, you know, why those movies have issues. They also have women who are people who have agendas and identities and and and, and lives that they're living. And this movie really is up so upsettingly nefariously misogynistic in every way. It just it oozes a kind of negativity that's like actually uh disturbing. Yeah, and this is like this is what I thought the movies were going to be like from the start and I was so surprised by the first one especially where it had the female characters in the movie were, I thought, much more fleshed out and important than the men. And they were all good. But, like, my main, my MVP was What's-Her-Name, who was fucking... She ruled. And every single person had their own story. And I was surprised by that. Because usually, it's like the teen sex comedy is such a fucking male perspective. And it's gotten worse and worse. I thought American Wedding, like... Allison Hannigan's character was just basically like she was such a fragment of what she used to be. And then we've gotten to this where there's just like, I mean, it makes sense. It's just like direct to DVD bullshit. But like, this is still an American Pie movie. I, I want my what I wanted out of the American Pie series. And I got none of it. Right. I mean, at this point, we've extrapolated so far away. The premise and this movie, we have to talk about the final shot for, I think, the rest of the episode. Because <laughs> this movie ends in such a manner that I thought I missed something yes. and rewound it. And <laughs> Me it was too. like, wait, no, that's the end? That's it? I did like, the exact same thing. It's not even an ending. Even in the last one, the predecessor, The Naked Mile, which I cannot stress enough, is a bad movie. Terrible. That at least ends with like the premise that Eric Stifler might break away from the demands of being a Stifler and might actually embrace that he's sensitive and nice and Dwight Stifler who again is an animal man who should be killed by the state and his ashes scattered across the oceans um he even like he's like you know what maybe it's not good to to just be like this level of Stifler all the time god bless you for being slightly better than the rest of the Stiflers this movie is is basically calls all the other movies like gay yeah because they're like you know what's sick beta house boobs getting laid and kicking ass and that's all that matters there's nothing else there's no growth there's no progress there's just the perpetuation of this nightmare this ignorant xenophobic bigoted transphobic awful awful culture of beta house it doesn't matter who eric stifler is he has now been subsumed into beta house the individual cell of eric has ruptured its walls he's not even a stifler anymore he's just stuck into the vortex of the amoral nightmare of nihilism. Yes, that is such a great point. It's it, like every movie up until this point, I I mean, you think I'm crazy. I love the fourth one. I love Bandcamp. I think that is the best Stifler we've ever seen. And 
at this point, it's like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy where the producers and screenwriters don't understand what a Stifler is anymore. And like we have this lazy... Even in the last one, I was like, oh, maybe a nice Stifler is a funny idea. They can do something with it. Here, they're, now they're still trying to keep... Oh, he's still the nice guy Stifler who can't fuck, which is their idea of a nice boy, someone that doesn't rape someone. But I don't even know. Maybe they... I, who knows? But now they like are still latched. Like part of his character is that he's a nice guy, but part of his character is that... He's not a nice guy. There is no character anymore. It's just a dude who looks like he's 40 wandering around parties puking on girls. Yeah, the guy looks absolutely beat. Um, you know, part of my research for this episode did take me to a realization about Beta House that I think I want to share with you. You might find this interesting. Now, we rarely evoke the Kabbalah when we talk about the American Pie movies. But in this case, I thought it was good to get into the symbology and numerology of both letters and numbers as it pertains to Beta House. Now, Charles, quick pop quiz. What are the Beta House letters that they display on their awful shirts, which features a woman bending over? Uh, when they compete against the geeks and in football and in all the horrible things they do as Beta House. What are the three letters of Beta House? Uh, probably Beta. No, it's B-A-E. Those are the Greek letters of their horrible fraternity, okay? Oh, so now, it's Beta. No, it's Beta, Delta, Epsilon. No, it's B-A-E. Oh, it's A? On their shirts, it says B-A-E. Okay, yeah. Now, I, of course, ran the numbers. B, second letter of the alphabet. A, first letter of the alphabet. E, fifth letter of the alphabet. Add them all up. What do you get? Uh, Sorry. Two plus one plus five. That's eight. Listener, hold on. Okay, yeah. Well, you gave it away. I was going to say you could email in. We'd pause the record. Well, we can still do that. Yeah, okay. If you figured out what two plus one plus five was before Charles, email the show. We'll award you a door prize. Okay. So you get a door? No, a door prize. The prize isn't a door. It's like a oh. party when the door prize, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, I am referencing the, the Kabbalah of Numbers, a 1920 text. Um, I'll read uh, as follows. There is no natural sequence between the number eight and the things that, that that number signifies to us. We find it attaching to all that is sinister and unfortunate. It is the chief terminal number, as we have seen, as it denotes death, decay, ruin, privation, loss, imperfection, and corruption. The idea is universal. The eighth division of the heavens is astrologically held to signify death and loss. The eighth sign of the zodiac is Scorpio, with its associated symbols, Serpentarius and Draconis, nocturnal, poisonful, and death-dealing. After the seventh day of creation or unfoldment, death makes its appearance in the world. Wow. What I am suggesting to you is that Beta House does not simply reflect the impossibility of a moral Christian god, Beta House is a reflection of death itself. In its numerology, we find the absolute roots of decay, loss, privation. Okay, this is this is the Kabbalah. All right. Wait, and and uh, what were the geeks wearing? Oh, those shirts said geek. That's it. But they well, were they all saying we are geeks, and like it's Geek House. They really broke the bank on figuring out how to talk about them. <sighs> um, my dog got attacked by a police dog today. Oh, yeah, you said that. That's fucking awful. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. This idiot who's apparently like the dog handler of all of Medford police or maybe even the state. I don't know. Like, was let his, his deranged, uh, trained-to-attack dog off-leash in a uh, walking trail. That dog is the beta house of dogs. It is. and it, Well, I mean, it's not its fault, but I guess in the same way that beta house probably... Well, I don't know. It's maybe... Maybe the dog is the... I sort of like that scruffy boy. 
Who's the scruffy beta? The scruffy beta? The one I mean, that wears water wings and and jumps into pools. Oh, God, the, the brutal alcoholic dolt? So I think he's my favorite because he's always so drunk he never actually gets to rape anyone. We don't know that. Everyone in this movie looks like they've committed crimes of the worst nature, and the manner in which they behave is appalling. So I'm not really sure why we would give anyone an out here. Okay. You're right. Fuck that guy. Um. Anyway, uh, so I, ta- I called the police, and the first guy I spoke to sounded like he... I don't know. I, I don't know. He sounded like a fucking dumbass. And I was like, hey, so your dog attacked my dog. Um, and he's like, how'd you know it was a police dog? What the fuck? The police suck. Every example of the police suck. They should be defunded, especially Medford. I used to think Medford was great, but no, it's just a fucking cover, man. To like, oh, we we don't do everything. We do everything right here. We don't kill anyone. Fuck those clowns. So they first got really defensive. He said... I have a chip on my shoulder when he said, hey, buddy, I'm just the guy on the phone. And I was like, um, so can I speak to someone else who isn't just the guy on the phone? He's like, wow, you got a chip on your shoulder. Can you imagine this is a public servant supposedly trying to be peaceful and keep his community safe. There's a fucking wild dog running around killing dogs and they're getting defensive and calling me a chippy. What a piece of shit. Yeah. So I talked to the lieutenant. Also, another thing that, you know, if you ever, I mean, you probably know this because you sometimes speak to the police. If you call a lieutenant officer, oh boy, they get a little bit, a little frazzled, a little ruffled of the feathers. Every time I call him Officer Casey, he's like, Lieutenant Casey. That's sick. Yeah, it's really fun. So I'm going to call him Mr. Casey the next time I call and see what happens. I mean, definitely keep us appraised of the ongoing escalating beef you have with a violent law enforcement officer. That sounds great. It probably will. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably bring it up next time Yeah. on the, on the, on the Patreon shit. But I do have a quote for you. Is this from Eric Lindsay, I assume? Yeah. You saw this quote? I haven't seen the quote. This Eric Lindsay, of course, wrote 2012's Last Call, a movie we all know and love. Uh, And he wrote uh, Beta House and The Naked Mile before it. And he was a production assistant on Con Air, which remains his most prestigious credit. What does a production assistant do? Gets coffee, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, he's very good at that. I hope he just sticks to what he's good at. Yeah. Because he's not good at this. Um, This is what he said about why he wanted to make Beta House. Look, we're not going to top Animal House, of course, but it's been 25 years. I was in a fraternity for six years. Let's stop there and do a little math. I know you're in a math movie today. Do you stay in the fraternity after you graduate? Or this man spends six years trying to get his undergraduate degree while also... like. I took well, a long sa- time. It sounds like the latter, but I will say, as we learned in this movie, once a beta, always a beta. <laughs> That's right. Once a beta, always a beta. By the That's... way, I think you're right. I think I was misinterpreting the Greek symbols. I don't think it's B-A-E. yeah. It's it's that's okay. I wasn't going to bring it up. I loved your interpretation. Um, well, it was like a, stupid. I was. It wrong. was classic Republican logic, and I'm not going to argue with it. I stopped arguing with my dad about it, so I'm going to stop arguing with you. But it is no, no, technic- no, 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 no. The Christian God stuff maintains, but I was. It's not B A E. I was no. It's about it's that. Uh, beta what beta lambda sigma. I think. How do you know that? I fucking studied Greek. That sucks. I know. I, the only thing I liked was memorizing the alphabet. It was really fun. Oh, my God. So were you like livid at the end of the movie during the Greek Olympiad when it becomes clear that the, <laughs> they keep shifting aggressively back and forth between Roman and Greek references as though there is no... I would even say that the hammer that they keep showing is a Norse hammer. It looked like a big nutcracker, to be honest. Um. So he says he was in a fraternity for six years. It's fucking Eric... Oh, wait, his name's Eric? Oh, my God, this is an autobiographical thing. 
it does feel like Eric Lindsay put a lot of himself into the premature ejaculating king, really outdoing Jim handily in sheer cum. Uh, shitty ass Eric Stifler. You never even see Jim's cum. Of the many bad things this movie, I hated seeing the Gaspar the- No adjacent <laughs> uh, cum shot in this movie, which I hated. It was like the Matrix meets love. Yeah, it was really pathetic. And also he came... That scene sucked. She's like, oh my God. Anyway, I got to finish this quote. Gotta She's this rubbing quote. a horrific wound on his thigh. <laughs> and he is aroused by that? Like, his- you know excruciating a burn is? Like, it's, it is just... Jesus, God. I actually, I want to talk about that after this. But just to finish the quote, he was in a fucking frat for six years. Obviously, he is not well. And he says this. Let's just make a straight pledging movie. That's all he wanted to make. All Eric Lindsay wanted to make was a straight pledging movie. Oh, 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 it's just a straight pledging movie. Yeah, it's just a straight pledging movie. Okay, I, you know what? I've been a little hard on this because I didn't understand that it was just a straight-up pledging movie. Yeah. Well, now I feel like a dick because now I'm like, oh, I was being all serious about it. It's just a straight-up pledging movie. So when I was in school, I was always taught, you know, some people like to critique art through certain lenses. You have a Marxist reading, a feminist reading. Uh, some of them like to do autobiographical readings. And I feel like before we knew this, we, were, we fucking thought this was the devil's work. But now that we know... That Eric Lindsay, all he wanted to do is make a straight pledging movie. Well, just a point of uh, just a, just a small point here. I'm not saying this proved the existence of the devil. I'm saying the amorality and the moral black hole of this film makes it impossible for there to be a caring, loving God. That's all I'm saying. Okay, and yeah, I mean, we can come back to that because I do think that I don't think that this is like a. I think this is an absence that a, a caring, loving God is meant to fill. Mm. So, in the Christian faith. There's the road, and then there are potholes. And the potholes are, oh, I don't know, a parking ticket. You get fired Homosexuality. From homosexuality. Yeah, all yeah, these things, yeah. these terrible, terrible things. And then mm. Christians believe that there is a God that is, he's, he's driving the truck, you know, that cool truck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If there's a Jesus, he's a trucker. Yeah, so it's, it's got the thing that uh, the first truck has the cones. I, I recently saw a video of how they put the cones down on Facebook that's fun. It is they fun. They put cones on a spinning thing and it drops one and then it's fun. loads the next one right up and drops it again. So he's got the truck that drops the cone and he's got another truck and that's that's uh, mm, the sun, I guess. No, Jesus is the sun. Who's the father? The father's probably driving... Well, hold on, hold on. I think you're overthinking this. Maybe the father is driving the truck, the son is helping put the cones on the highway, and the Holy Ghost is the the perfect wind that catches that cone and makes sure that it stays firmly in place for moral Christians to avoid the kind of destitution that comes from enjoying Jewish humor or talking to someone from another country. Well, what about – so no, there's – but there's got to be a – so that same truck then – how about the ghost isn't the wind? The ghost no, is the, the ghost guy. is the truck. The ghost is the truck. <laughs> You're forgetting about the pothole filling. So one of them has to be allowing for the new tar or whatever. What well, we fill asphalt? ourselves with the Holy Ghost, but also God, you know, famously sacrificed His only Son for humanity. So maybe He's depositing chunks of His Son in the holes. That's it. And, okay. Okay. So the Father's driving the truck. Mm. The ghost is the one that I don't know how because he's incorporeal. He can't really handle those cones, but I guess these might be ghost cones. So he's got the cone thing, and you're right. He the can still sun... just be the truck. Why? He can just be the truck still. Well, okay, he can be the truck. Fine. Like, the sun, well, you know, I'm just saying. The sun is the new asphalt, though, filling the potholes that are such things as parking tickets, homosexuality, 
And American Pie presents Colin Beta House. That's true. This is a pothole that needs to be filled by God. I guess if anything was going to drive me towards the church, it would be this movie, which seems to suggest that we have to move aggressively to solve society's problems lest they further metastasize. Yeah. Um, Wait, hold on. I have an idea for a movie. Jesus comes back, as has been promised repeatedly, but he has to pledge a frat. Eric Lindsay gets on board, writes a straight pledging movie, but Jesus has to get motorboated by, uh, I don't know, 18 women in the same bar in one night, and it's called The Big Titty Showdown or something, and that's that's the movie. Do you think one of your favorite quotes was, Oh, I love me a stripper brawl. (sighs) (laughs) This movie was bad for me to have watched. Like, it feels bad. Like, it felt bad while I was doing it. It it, it ruined my day. It's lingering over me like the acrid smell of burning rubber. It's just a terrible thing that that we did for people. So I want to talk briefly about Jim's dad because – so far, he was our he was the joke. We were like, "Oh, this is Jim's dad series. It's going to be great. Eugene Levy's going to win every MVP until I ruin it." But hey, you know what, Josh? I'm glad I ruined that because I would never, even as a joke, award Eugene Levy MVP for this movie because he's no longer the kind bumbling god that we love. He's he became consumed by the Beta House. Well, I it think- turns out he. He's a beta. I think, well, I mean, that was a huge bummer. We can just go ahead and say in in making podcast history. (laughs) No MVP. (laughs) (laughs) No MVP. Does not get one. Sorry. Jordan Prentice. Nice to see a cameo from the great Jordan Prentice. It's briefly edifying to see Rock return for uh, truly some – Subtle and brilliant scene setting for later in the film. This, oh God! So but, this uh, is no, no one, no one gets, no one is MVP. I, don't I will wanna, walk I don't off give the it. show if. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no, no MVPs this week. But Jim's dad it was the like. It is so sad to see the corruption of Jim's dad. Like he, regardless of which movie, the last movie sucked, and even that scene was like uh, a little oasis of love coming from Jim's dad. Here he's a. Uh, a beta that loves cops and like goes to their jail to get them off bail for doing horrendous shit. And then he's apparently the last winner of the dog shit Greek Roman Norse battle of tits. Yeah, it's it's really bad. It was interesting to get the insight into him as a guy who instituted the Naked Miles, an act of defiance against conformity and presumably the war in Vietnam. And now we find out that he like was another like nightmare frat monster. And I I want to talk about this for a minute. You know, we're talking about Eric Lindsay saying, I want to make a good old fashioned frat movie. In 2020, most people's association with frats are rape, racism, semi-accidental deaths, exclusion, violence, Hazen. Like Right. Like everything about that culture. And of course, I feel like that those people are always like, well, we did raise money for Toys for Tots like one time or like we cleaned up litter once. Like there's like other than enshrining elite institutions of shitty, mediocre white men who have nothing to offer the world. Frats are like there's just I'm not sure what memories Eric Lindsay is trying to evoke for people, even in 2007. Animal House had come out, like, what, like 40 years before that? Not 40 years. Yeah, 25. It's just like, what that era of, like, 
the you know angry horny young men are saying f you to boring old conformity like that's like being a libertarian where it's like no that just means you're like a shitty white dude okay yeah so like in this movie one of the jokes is that again the guy you alluded to earlier his nickname is the blackout menace right and at first i thought i thought it was much i mean it is terrible but i thought i thought at least at least they didn't make it be like he i thought it was going to be he intentionally makes women blackout and then rapes them and thankfully, it's he gets blocked. It's only out suggested, and, and that's part of the larger experience. right. Exactly. Yeah. At least it's you know somewhat hidden. It sucks that character. Well, he's like playing the fucking piano. That's the other thing. This movie was filled with weird references to like Psycho. And did you see the list of movies that they watched? Like this, there was no rhyme or reason to the fucking references that they're throwing in. I don't even know. Like, why is he playing the piano with a martini glass full of money? They're just trying to show. Again, this is just terrible. The whole thing is like, oh, look how cla- – like like Otter, like Tim Matheson in Animal House, like the classy guy in the sloppy group. And like, um, you know, it's like, oh, when he's sober. And again, like I'm 30. Uh, I know plenty of people who are – who struggle with substance abuse disorder. So this whole idea of like, man, his life sure is great when he's sober. But when he drinks, he does terrible things. That's not funny. It's, no. like it's it's it sucks. It's just dark and sad. And he seems to live in this like Sisyphus like hell where whenever he wakes up from one of his benders, he's like, what have I done? And it does it all over again. The movie makes fun of uh, the like they keep calling him the fat guy, even though he's not fat. And it's like, who cares? But that's like that's his only thing. And they keep making oh, the, fun the of it. Chungus who uh, stops eat hot dogs during the, the pig chase and um Seems to be like sexually adventurous and kind of cool because we're right. having sex with his girlfriend who seems like she's very sex positive. Not that she gets to have a personality other than chewing gum, but uh, and get that seems and that's pretty a, horrible. They, they try to recreate the like dog Heimlich maneuver thing from American Wedding, and instead so it the was delight just of shooting Regavin. And said they replaced a dog with a woman in this one. Good stuff. Good stuff. <sighs> but that's like that's the thing is they make fun of. Wesley or whatever his name is like he feels shame for engaging in a threesome with these two people and I think it's because they're fat like is that why he's so ashamed of like having sex with these people I'm not sure I guess that's the horrible ass fucking shit joke in this stupid awful movie but there's okay other charming things in the movie uh, Dwight Stifler, again, the Steve Talley guy, like a ninth-rate Ryan Reynolds which is just such a, a sobering thing to say out loud um goes to a sex addiction meeting to prey on a sex Awful. addict who then rapes him. Awful. It does, it's not even and a joke. And then rapes Bull. Like, it's not... None of these... That scene was so unbelievably uncomfortable. Like with Coos getting raped in the first of these two movies. I don't even know if we should talk about Coos, but I sort of want to bring it up to show how awful this movie is. Because Coos oh, is... God, his story Entire story. So bad. His, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to save you the trouble. Okay, I'm going to talk briefly, about it. Okay, just briefly. It's so bad. So Kuz, at least in the first one, was like, he sucked, but his whole story was that he had a rock-hard dick, and he came a lot. And it's like, all right, fine, We're happy whatever. for Kuz. That's so good for him. This story is, strangely, without any warning, he has a crush on the other non-named, non-human women uh, who also has a crush on him. Hold on. She has two things to her personality. One. Yeah. She has a Southern accent. She's a brunette. Okay. Yeah. And two, she has a Southern accent. Yeah. Those are the, so she's, I mean, honestly, that's pretty good for this movie. And then we learn a third thing. Right. Eventually. Is that she, so they start, they start making out 
uh, he's about to go down on her, but then she says, no, don't do it. I'll go down on you. And then he tells his awful friends like, oh, she probably has a cock. So his entire story, every moment of him on scene after that is him worried that he might be in love with a woman with a cock. And this is how bad this movie is. This movie is a, this movie and the last one have been afraid to death of penises, afraid of them everywhere. And the only penis in any of these movies is a transphobic piece of shit where you just see a, a woman with a dick and it's supposed to be nightmarish. Well, this movie's chock full of other transphobic moments where one of Blackout, the Blackout Menace's stories apparently is up with a trans person in Mexico or something. I think, he, yeah. And it, like that's how he gets him to drink again. He's like, no, I don't want to drink today because, you know, I'm feeling okay and I don't want to get Blackout Ugh, drunk like I always God do. damn it. Please stop preying on my, my alcohol problem. And he goes, I'm going to tell all these cute titted girls about that one time with a Mexican. He's like, no, no, don't say it. Don't say it. I'll drink anything you want. This movie is just like the laziest hurling of every, like, every single awful idea just whipped at a wall, and there's nothing funny about any of it. So uh, for all the listeners at home who haven't seen this movie and are now on the edge of their seat wondering what happens to the coups, wondering how he gets rid of these nightmares of penises, Dear listener, it's a happy ending because nope, she's it's a squirter. not a penis. She's a squirter. She's a squirter. That's the which... end of that storyline, and it's the end of the movie. That is how the movie ends. Ugh. That's yeah, like no, the, no. Last, Dwight, the last Dwight scene of dialogue. <laughs> compliments him for having female ejaculate on him, and then everyone makes out at the cool pool party, and Bull yells, "Beta House rules!" And Bull, I disagree, my friend. Beta House is the opposite of all that is good in this world. There is nothing of virtue in Beta House. Beta House is the nadir of the human experience. And I'm saying like next to Come and See, this is the second most chilling film I've seen about the human condition. So Craig Kornblau, similarity to Mr. Cordon Bleu from High School Musical. Um, honestly, the end of this movie had very similar endings to the end of High School Musical 3, right? No, 2. High School Musical 2, which also pool, ended with pool party. Yeah. a weird makeout scene in a pool party, which... A little more awkward and a little more wholesome at the same time. Um, Mr. Cordon Bleu from Universal Studios said this about Eugene Levy. We think Levy is crucial to this franchise because his character represents the heart of the movie. And I really do think that 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 is true. Because as mismanaged as, as Bandcamp was... Jim's dad really did represent the core of this mo- that movie. And as shitty as... Like, you can sort of graph, as we did in previous films, with this one character representing what the movie represents, and we've seen the corruption of Jim's dad, where he now is the ringleader of Beta House. He is the one that wants to see boys come in their pants. He wants to see tits. He wants to do everything that he's been not wanting to do the entire time, and this is what fucking eric Lindsay wanted to do since the last movie and he finally got his wish and he brought jim's dad down with him and i think he should go to jail mr Lindsay, and mr cordon blue as well i think they should all be shot in the head and buried in unmarked grave somewhere in the plain states um, i'm one of those gr- cool liberals that doesn't believe in prisons unless it's someone they don't like and then i want to send them there so i would like to still send mr eric Lindsay and mr craig cordon blue to prison 
Okay. Let's get into the critical response here. Um, first off, Scott Weinberg of Movie Phone didn't like this movie, but found it better than the last two entries. Oh, come on. Which is Scott. Scott. The last Scott. two? Take a look in the mirror, Scott. You're telling me Bandcamp is worse than this? You are a fool, sir. I spit on you. I spit on the name of Movie Phone. And I never thought I would say that. Now, he does praise the Star Trek sexual roleplay scene as, quote, extremely effective, which is, you know, interesting. I will say, for all of the hating on geeks, me, a big Star Trek fan, I was like, that shit owns. If I had money, I would recreate Star Trek sexual fantasies and just be consider. I would consider that a, a very good way to spend my time. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Are you are you still talking from movie phone guy or from you? No, I'm, that's me. I'm. Okay. I actually. Okay. I agree. The only spot of praise is that it's hot and cool that they recreated what looks like part of DS9 uh, or Voyager uh, in the Geek House, which is tight. And again, one more reason why the geeks were awesome and their mission. And again, you know, their mission is to destroy Beta House, which is a, a mission of God. And in this movie, God is destroyed and defeated. Un- unfortunately, they also represent the exact same shit. It's not like a, a, a good a good lord destroying Carthage or whatever and salting the fields. This is this is something. Rep- this is like you know, we get a Trump. In four more years, we're going to get a Tom Cotton or something. This is like the replacement of one terrible thing with something even worse. I think the geeks are somehow even worse than beta house because beta house so the is, geeks are like beta because they're like just technocratic yes. corporate soulless all want to do the same thing they also mistreat women they also f- fuck animals they also do all the same shit but they just do it through a, a sheen of of money like they're fucking billionaires right making uh, little weird the, robots. the patina of capital as opposed to the visceral nationalism and you know, conservatism of the of Beta House. Okay. Um, writing in JoeBlow.com, Adam Quigley poked fun at the film's themes. I'm going to read this quote. Tell me if you consider this to be poking fun at themes. All right, let's do he it. He declared, quote, if there's a lesson to be taken from these films is that women are objects and should always be treated as such. Wait, I'm sorry. That's poke. Wait, what? So this Wikipedia line describes an, an extraordinarily damning criticism of these movies as poking fun at the film's themes. So... I think Adam Quigley was pretty on point with that. Yeah. You know? I mean, hey, one one man's picking fun is another man's huge, you know, takedown. But whatever. And by the way, uh, JoeBlow.com, uh, their latest headline is Lana Wachowski will change the industry again with The Matrix 4. That Was in, was that her Matrix reference or is that just the sunglasses and it was like a deep throat reference? Wait, not deep throat. What are you talking deep, about? The They're making where The we, Matrix 4. I know, no, I'm saying the scene where Rock makes his reappearance to tell the oh, that, that, was like a, that was like a, d- uh, a all, the, all the present, yeah. all the presence men, but they were wearing Matrix glasses, and there was the like during the parkour sequence, they used some like fake Matrix music. Okay, not all drum and bass is Matrix music. Jesus God! Wait, it's not. I'm gonna look up Matrix. Googling okay. Matrix music. Now, okay, going to another person who, in, if you may recall, Peter Hammond of Maxim had nothing but glowing reviews of The Naked Mile. This is, uh, even for Peter Hammond of Maxim, I think a low point. He describes American Pie Presents colon Beta House as, quote, loaded with sex, laughs, and raunchy fun, writing that it, quote, may be the most outrageous slice of pie yet. That's a pretty outrageous piece of pie. I think Peter Hammond is in the pocket of Big Pie, if I'm being honest. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, find it hard to imagine a critic really feeling that this is the most outrageous slice of pie yet. Can you think of a different one? I think teaching us to love is the outrageous gambit of the original trilogy. Oh, and that's the pie you want. Mm, the dick smashed, cum covered pie. You that can't have us it. How to love. You can't have it. Not in Peter Hammond's America. I would like to say that there is one thing as a professional barkeep, as a professional servant, in the name of ale. And loggers. I did appreciate that the sextuple uh, keg party pump seemed to be authentic and would function. Oh. So I will give it one point out of 100 because they actually had a keg handle that attached and would work. That's a, that's a big win. Um, could you go to the quotes page of IMDb? Yeah. I'm going to. Well, are we going to do a little. Down? We're going to do yeah, a little gonna, thingy? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to share this with you on, on Facebook. No, no, just uh, just go down to the quote. Go to the exchange between Mr. Stifler and Eric Stifler that begins with son. And yeah, it's after Bull's quote, beta house fucking rules, which one out of one found interesting. All right, let's see. Um, I'm going to be Mr. Stifler. You're going to be Eric Stifler and Mike Kuz Kuzman. So we're doing, we're doing the one after beta house fucking rules? Yeah. Okay. So I'll okay. start. I'm playing uh, Shooter McGavin, who's playing. Also, Mr. before we continue, I'd like to say that every single one of these quotes has one out of one found this interesting, and I am just imagining the one like forty year old frat burnout that went to this page after watching this movie, having loved it, and just clicked, found this interesting over and over again, over yeah, and, and, and also, over again. The, the 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 trivia page is barren. It's hysterical. <laughs> okay. So, Wait, so you're who um, are you? Who are you? Because we got three characters. I'm Mr. Stifler. You're Eric and Coos. Oh, God. I have to be Coos? Okay. Okay. Son? Yeah? I want to show you something. This is the list of all the chicks I ever banged. And this is Coos. Okay. Whoa, are you serious? Oh, is that two-sided? It is. Nice. Good improv there with the whoa. That was good. Thank you. really. You, thank I you. felt like I was hanging out with Coos. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That sounds yeah. awful. Okay, back to the scene. Huh? Yeah, it's a good goal for you to try to keep up with your old man. Oh, hey, uh, Papa. Why Why isn't Mom's name last on the list, Papa? Okay, cut. Charles, I'm happy you're having fun with this and sort of making it your own. Maybe let's try one Stick where to we the just scripts. do the str- Well, let's just yeah. – look, we'll do one where we have fun. Okay. Well, we'll just loosen up and have fun. Maybe we do one just straightforward one. Yeah, so let's just stick with the script for now, and then we'll do some improv later, okay? Okay. Beep, Let's bop, try that one, one more time, okay? <clears throat> All right. Go. Yeah, it's a good goal for you to try to keep up with your old man. Hey, Dad, why isn't Mom's name the last name on the list? You're really getting that John White magic now. Now you're really yeah, tapped I know. into... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm imagining all the cracks on my face and the yeah, weird yeah. furrows. Yeah, from just built just from... Just the being misery. an awful person for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, we didn't tell you, but when you were three, we had a trial separation for a week. Uh, okay. Uh, trial separation? Wait, why is it... Why it was continues. it just continued? It continues. Just okay. go. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Trial separation? Uh, Dad, there's like... Well, there's there's 10 names here for that week alone. Yeah, I went on kind of a poontang bender there. Is that my mom's name? Yeah, you know, on second thought, I'll just kind of hang on to that. A boop, boop, boop. You had sex with his mom? Oh, wait, there's like, we walked over, clop, 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 clop. Clop, 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 creak, slut, go. You had sex with his mom? Yeah. 
<laughs> I forgot I was ending. How was it? Yuck. <laughs> and scene. And we did it. Yes. Wow. That's a scene from trying the to get Pop some of the beta house. Eric Lindsay magic in a bottle. My God. Um, this movie was so bad. Looking through the quotes page is like touring Birkenau. Um, the joke when he comes under Teddy Bear, it's named Mr. Biggles. And that seems to be the whole joke is that it has a silly name. Well, one that is very close to Austin Powers. Yep. The joke is that a man or a boy man uh, with a terrible burn from chowder uh, comes because he hasn't. He has. He's. He, I guess he isn't allowed to masturbate anymore, or he's so traumatized from killing his grandmother okay, that. Yes, right. Another key part of the canon building here is that she, basically she's like, "Why are you, are you shooting? Come like a fucking lawn sprinkler." And he's like, "Oh, I don't jack off anymore because I once jacked off and it killed my grandmother." But it doesn't say that. So like, it's a clever wink to fans of the franchise. Mm. Remember when Eric Siffler murdered his grandmother by coming on her? I want to talk. I think that. What hasn't happened since the very first movie, maybe the second, is they do not understand why girls and boys, men and women, want to date each other. Over and over again, we get losers, loser boys, just going up to girls. And so, like the scene, they, they go ask each other on a date after not having known each other. They're in the bathroom. And he just says, do you want to go out? They both at the same time, like, do you want to go out? And then they have a date where their conversation sucks. Like, why does anyone in this movie want to date anyone? They're all fucking horrible. I just, I'm not sure why anything is motivated for any reason in this movie. Like, in this movie, and we've talked about this, like, the central cult of worshipping meaningless drinking and sex, and there's no other reason to exist, there's no other purpose, no one has interest other than Dwight learning Swahili, which is funny because the Swahili teacher is a random African guy wearing a robe, and what a, mm, what a and good then they play And then they is. play African music while he says something racist good stuff there's just this is like such a a low point in a year that's already been so bad this is still somehow one of the worst things i've done in this year i guess what it what is disappointing is that why the first one worked so well and i i'm even going to add the fourth one into this is that it understands actually no i'm taking the fourth one out because it didn't do a very good job at this it makes you want to see why the people are talking to each other because it created characters that were believable and fun, and you understood the connections not only between the four friends, but between all the other people in the movie. They had conversations that felt real. And like when Oz and his, what's her name? Who's, who's Oz's girlfriend? Mina Suvari. When they're first meeting, it's awkward. It's a conversation that high schoolers would have with each other. And it's like actually real. This is like they don't, no one ever talks to each other. It's just set pieces of bad jokes. And there's no connection to anything happening. It is, as we said, the absence of a god. Right. I mean, this is just a black hole. There's no MVP here. I'm not. We're not going to ask when will it end. It has ended. Right. There's no point. This whole episode was a waste of time because we we have entered a blade. Like this, obviously, is not as bad a movie as Blade Two. But like this is the this is another example of a non franchise movie being suckered in. And I'm just afraid that I hope that this spirit doesn't can carry over into American Pie Reunion or whatever, American Reunion. 
I can't imagine that it would, but well, I mean, I, this this is like the dirty little secret of the American Pie verse. This this horrible, turgid slog through these direct-to-video movies. We've got one more to go. I'm. <sighs> I can't believe that. I can't believe it either. We've already spent like I was I was so excited. On this shit. I know we were so excited for. I'm still excited for American Reunion. I still like the I first am. three movies a lot. I'm, I pray that we're out of the lowest point. I hope so, but I don't know. We, we like pray to what though? Like, why would I expect anything from life after this? For me, it's it's been a very nice little like, basically a COVID graph, where it's like, you know, and I'm sorry, it might be a little triggering or hard to think about, but no, no, no. Go ahead. Compared to the direct video American Pie franchise to the COVID nineteen crisis, um, came out strong surprised me didn't see it coming it took a little bit of a lull and then for me four just boosted right back up just like june and july or whatever and unlike covid we are now if we if this country had done what we were supposed to this graph would have correlated because we would have had a steep dive and we would have been back to zero but instead it doesn't really match up anymore it seems like you're kind of complimenting covid is mostly the takeaway from that yeah, I'll work on it. Maybe I'll like record after this and like really like cut abruptly and just put in an, a better explanation for what I meant. But yeah, I mean, no, I think you got it in one. You think I did it? One sort take, like, Charles. They call him. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, well, Papa, what, 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 what's, what's with all those names, Papa? What, what about Mama? Women are things, things for Stifler to fuck, son. Oh my God! Take your shitty cock. And stick it in a woman. It's the only thing that matters in life. That and drinking. Uh, Fuck these movies. We got to... Okay. Next episode, we finish... Finally, we finish the fucking direct video with The Book of Love. Bear in mind, The Book of Love is a uh, sex secret book handed down by Casey Affleck in the original <laughs> trilogy. So that does not bode well for this movie. 